0: I'm Brandon Isle with BYU-Idaho Radio, and joining me in the studio is Idaho State Senator Doug Ricks. He's the chairman of the Local Government and Taxation Committee and also a member of the Commerce and Human Resources Committee and Judiciary and Rules Committee. Senator Doug Ricks, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate being here. So we're recording this interview on Friday, and the 2024 legislative session starts on Monday Monday. Um, It's it was a big year last year, and I'm sure we've got lots of things happening this year. What are you most looking forward to this year?
1: Okay, so this year, um, there's a few things that I've got on my um, radar to to look at. And as you know, I am uh, um, tuned in on property taxes. I was one of the sponsors of the big property tax relief bill, House Bill 292, this past session. Um, And we'll continue to look at that and see if there's ways that we can can uh, uh, try to work on property tax relief, so we may need to try to adjust that a little bit. But uh, we are happy with the amounts that were um, reduced on people's property tax bills this year. I think in Madison County, the average was somewhere around uh, uh, 17% in that neighborhood, uh, a reduction. So we'll continue to look at that. This next session... Um, I think we're going to look at the uh, grocery tax credit, see if we need to increase that,
0: and and that's been on the minds of Idahoans for many years. You know, whether to repeal that or continue to increase the tax credit.
1: Right. Yeah. So, and and that is the debate. I'm sure those same uh, two questions, that same question, will come up: um, whether we repeal, as actually uh, remove, right, the remove. Uh, tax exemption. Uh, make it tax-exempt, and uh, or increase the grocery tax credit. One of, one of the benefits of doing the way that Idaho does now is that we we capture uh, the sales tax from visitors out of state. A lot of people from Utah and other states come up to vacation in Island Park and, and other parts of the state, and we, we get to keep, you know, over $80 million from out-of-state uh, folks, but we actually give the amount that people would have saved on the grocery tax uh, back in a refund in a tax credit when they file their taxes. And you don't even have to file taxes. You can still get that back. So that's the debate. Um, We will look at uh, possibly lowering the uh, income tax rates, Idaho's income tax rates. We've dropped those the last couple of years, and I think there's a little bit more room we can come down. Uh, Eventually, we'd like to get that about 5% overall. I don't think we can make that jump right now. I think we're at 5.9%, but I think we can get it down to hopefully 5.6%, which will uh, save taxpayers money as well. Um, Another thing that we're looking at is so on school bonds, school bonds uh, end up on your property tax statement. Of course, voters have to approve those first. But in order to pay that back, um, there's an annual payment that's, that's made. And um, usually those last about 20 years. The school bo- schools currently have quite a bit of flexibility on how much they ask for the annual payment they can get up to 75% more than they need in one year's time to accelerate and pay that back quicker. And uh, when that happens, that ends up on your property tax statement, and it can keep those uh, amounts that you pay as a property tax payer high in some cases if the school district is asking for a little more than they need. So we might trim that back a little bit and bring that in with their inner range, but um so if you're paying $1,000 on your property tax, part just for the school bonds, um, they could actually ask up to $1,700. Um, so we want to just trim that back a little bit on what, what the range is.
0: Yeah, and I know school bonds, they're always an issue. And, and recently, school districts have really struggled to pass those um, to build new schools. I, I'm thinking of Idaho Falls School District, which has really struggled over the years to build the new Idaho Falls High School. And so this is a big issue that the people are trying to figure out how to how to better build schools and how to better fund them.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's an issue. I mean, we don't want to clip our school districts and, and prevent them from from building schools, especially when there's a large demand and increase. Bonneville, for example, is one of the fastest growing districts in the state. And so the need for for buildings is tremendous there. But We want to be sure that we're um, careful with our property taxpayers that we don't, you know, tax them too much. Uh, It's got to have a balance there.
0: Yeah. Uh, We'll listen to the governor on Monday. He'll deliver his state of the state address. Are you anticipating anything that he'll talk about or, or hope that he'll address some things?
1: Well, you know, they spend a lot of time, the governor's office does, on trying to to set a budget and, and see where we're at. Um, I don't know specifically, uh, I guess, what to expect on his uh, State of the State address, so we'll wait and see. I do think uh, he is uh, is okay with, with uh, decreasing the income tax rate a little bit, like we talked about. I've talked to some of one of his uh, budget folks, and I think they, they're okay with that, um, so we'll see. I know he's uh, put a lot of um, effort into the the Idaho launch program where graduating seniors can receive up to $8,000. I'm sure he'll talk about that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and and just yesterday, so Thursday, um, he talked about just the success of how many students actually applied, uh, way more than the state anticipated.
1: Yeah, so... And, and that's a worry that I've got is the amount of money. We we only allocated so much, and, and maybe there's it's going to run out quick. Um, it's $80 million or something like that. But w- we'll see how that goes, and I'm sure he'll be asking for more money for that. Uh, actually, I did not support that. I had some concerns. I wanted to see a little more um, skin in the game from some of our business partners because uh, this will help businesses a lot but then it's taxpayers funding all of it. Um, students do have to come up with uh, about 20%, I think, mm-hmm. of that dollar amount, but uh, I really would have liked to see some of our industry partners or our large businesses pony up some of the the costs because it's going to benefit them directly, too. Yeah, and, and the
0: whole idea is to keep Idaho students in Idaho to fill these high-demand
1: jobs, you know, healthcare care and, and whatnot. Yeah, that is the goal that's the hope we we would like to keep them here and not ship them to utah or, or other states after we pay for their education yeah
0: uh, what else are you looking forward to or what are you working on specifically
1: yeah so uh one of the other things that i do that's uh not listed on my main committees but i'm i'm actually on the idaho broadband advisory board as well and we we uh meet uh, periodically, but the state is in the process of expanding their broadband uh, reach and, and footprint. And there's some federal funding that has come down over the last uh, year, year and a half, that we've used uh, to fund some different rounds. And so here recently, for example, uh, we had $125 million that was allocated in the, the capital projects uh, fund. And there's uh, bidders throughout the state, and Madison County was one of those with Fibercom. And they were awarded a $13 million grant. They're going to make an official announcement, I think, on the 10th. But um, that's to bring high-speed broadband to Madison County area. And so over the next couple of years, you'll see um, all through the county uh, some... um, fiber lines run, and a lot of fiber to homes throughout. And it'll be a big benefit to our county.
0: Yeah, this is a big deal. And this comes right on the heels of Rexburg, um, starting its fiber network. Um, it's it connected some people this last year, and we'll connect more people this year. So this is great timing to spread it throughout Madison County.
1: Yeah, it's it'll be a big benefit from the city's portion of what they're doing in the county to all the, the residents of Madison County. And economically wise, broadband is one of those things that can really increase the potential of your income without you having to move out of the county. So it's, I look forward to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's, it's these things like this. I think a lot of people don't understand the work that goes into making this happen. I mean, you have to make the bids, you have to get the money available and all these things.
1: Right. Yeah, you do. And I've, I've been on the committee for about a year and a half. Um, I kind of asserted myself to make sure I got on it because I do have quite a uh, computer technical background. And um, I've been able to shape and help influence. There's nine members on the board, three from the the House side, three from the Senate side, and three the governor appoints. But we oversee all the, 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 the grants that are awarded uh, and throughout the state, and there's been several, we've had three different rounds so far, and currently there's um, the, the uh, federal BEAD program that allocates a whole bunch more monies. Um, Idaho's gonna receive about $583 million in addition to this um, that'll be used to increase broadband throughout the state for um, unserved areas, primarily first, and then underserved and then typically the underserved areas are 100 megabyte speeds up and down is is the main uh speeds there might be some variance on that but we really want to increase the speeds throughout the state and that'll help economic wise um all of Idaho yeah yeah i know speeds
0: especially in counties and rural areas are really <laughs> slow yeah so that'll be a great benefit yep um, there, there's also just so much going on uh, every session. You look at hundreds of bills, and I'm just interested to know how do you kind of work through that every time a bill is presented? How do you kind of wrap your mind around whether you're going to vote for it or vote no for it?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting uh, process because there are literally hundreds of bills that come through And so the main thing I look at is, um, you know, I'm from this area. I grew up in Rexburg, Madison County. Um, I I try to look at what is best for the folks back home. I don't uh, try to look at anything else, but um, it is difficult if, uh, and and I, I try to make sure that I'm independent. You know, I'm not painted into a box and feel like I have to vote yes or no because of a, a certain influence of a special interest, and so I really want to um, do what's right for the folks back home and 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 try to represent them. Um, but you have to make sometimes alliances because you don't uh, you're not into every committee, and you don't hear the full uh, debate that happens on each bill. And so it's important to sometimes trust people that you know they're on those committees. We have several good senators here in East Idaho. In fact, six there's ten committees, and six of the chairmen are from East Idaho. Those committees, and so we have a higher than average balance of committee chairs. And so, um, I, I sometimes rely on some of my colleagues here locally um, and ask them, you know, is this a good bill. Tell me why, and and find out that information. But it is difficult um, um, to to read and understand every little bit about each bill.
0: Yeah, do you get a lot of feedback from constituents? Do they email or text or call quite often?
1: Oh, yeah, and and we do. We receive a lot of emails, um, a lot of uh, sometimes text messages and phone calls, and I do appreciate when somebody back home is paying attention and uh, weighs in and I hear some information. That is influential as well, but sometimes we literally get dozens and hundreds of emails on some big topic items. Yeah. Speaking of
0: big topic items, I know every year there are several hot-button issues. Are there any that you are anticipating will come up in this session?
1: Yeah, I think um, one of them will be on a little bit more of school choice. There's this debate of do we keep all the, the public funding in public education, Uh, Some, a lot of states, a lot of conservative states have expanded that a little bit. You dotted it last year to where there's a little more school choice, or you can take some of the public education um, that's allocated, the public funding for it. And as a parent, allow, you know, choose to take that money and put it into more of a private school. So that debate has been coming the last couple of years. That'll continue on. That'll be a big one again this year. Yeah, um, over between
0: last session and this session, the Republican Party in Idaho has um, made some changes, and there's started to be some divisions in the party. Um, how would you characterize that? What have you noticed, and and how are you wading through through these
1: issues? Yeah, so there there's no surprise to people. I've seen what's been going on. There's a fight within our party in the state of Idaho. Uh, it's been it's been going on for several years because we have such a super majority, um, we really don't have a lot of, um, a fight with the Democrats because, you know, there's a very small number of them in the legislature. So the biggest fight is within our own party over control or whether we're conservative enough or, or not, and a few other issues. And so, um, you know, you talk about, in 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 war, sometimes friendly fire. Well, sometimes the fire is not so friendly. <laughs> <laughs> there there's a there's a lot of fighting going on in in control, and so that's the battle that we mainly fight. Uh, we're hoping that folks um, will pay attention and get involved. Uh, there are things that's happened within the Republican Party to kind of crank down and and allow the local committees to censor a little bit more of our our elected legislators. That's played out a little bit in Bonneville County and some other counties throughout the state. Um, so those are issues that are coming up. Um, if people don't like some of that infighting, whatever, they need to kind of get involved in the local party and and help. And that's what I did years ago um, to try to, to help out within Madison County and whatnot. And I, I kind of asserted myself there that's how I got started and and the reason uh, I got started locally within the party before I uh, ran for the legislature. And speaking of running,
0: it's an election year again, and are you running for re-election? Yes, I will be running for re-election in 2024. Okay, we look forward to the campaign, and I'm sure you'll have lots of events that people can come and meet you and chat with
1: you. Yeah, so I... I enjoy uh, meeting people, and uh, I really enjoy representing the folks here in Madison County. It's been a good experience for me. I'm typically a little more um, within myself. I'd say I've had to kind of come out of my shell a bit to to get to talking to people a little bit more and uh, being uh, a little more outgoing. And So it's been good for me, but I really enjoy um, getting to know people and understanding their issues and, and seeing what we can do to help them out.
0: State Senator Doug Ricks from uh, District 34, thank you for joining me today. All right. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it.